word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on board to go with him to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days. Holy Father, Lord God, we praise you. We praise you that we can come here as your people on this your day and hear your word preached. Lord, I pray for Brad, and I pray that you might fill him with your spirit, and I pray that he would proclaim the truth of your word with great power and with great authority. God, I pray that you would have mercy on us and give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, we want to hear your word, and Lord, I pray that we might see. Give us eyes to see, Lord. Help us to see the weight of our sin and the just condemnation that we deserve. I pray, Lord, as we see the weight of our sin, we might also see the abundance of your mercy and grace that is for us in Jesus Christ. I pray this morning as your word is preached that Jesus Christ would be high and lifted up and that we would be transformed by it. Lord, I pray this morning that you would bring to us conviction of sin. Lord, that we would, in your kindness, see our sin and turn from it, Lord. And I pray that we would know afresh the grace and the mercy that you have for us. Lord, you are 
You are kind to show us our sin, and you are kind to forgive us. Lord, I pray that we would be transformed. May your word be living and active this morning. May it pierce our hearts. May it expose us, but may it also bring us into your great embrace. May we arise and run to Jesus because we will find a welcome there. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you that he died so that we might live. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, I thank you uh, for a pastor who preaches your word. Um, with humility, but also with power. Lord, I pray that we might receive your word this morning. God, let us hear it. Let us submit to it. Let us be changed by it. Lord, have your way with us. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ and for his glory and for his kingdom. Amen. morning we'll begin looking at the book of Jonah. For the past several weeks we've looked at the importance of spiritual gifts and of personal evangelism. So I thought it would be good for us to look at the book of Jonah so that we can understand what first of all the book of Jonah is about and how that applies to our lives. When you look at the book of Jonah I want you to understand that the main character of this book and the person we're supposed to learn about is not so much Jonah as it is the God of Jonah who sent him to Nineveh. We know as Christians that the Lord God has a heart to reconcile the nations through his son, Jesus Christ. But as we speak about nations, sometimes we cannot see the trees for the forest. And what I mean by that is, we think about our responsibility to evangelize, to tell the nations about the Lord, but we forget about the single neighbor who lives across the street from us or our co-worker from the cubicle over or one of our family members who has fallen away from the Lord or perhaps has not been in church and you're not sure about their salvation. We think about the nations, we think about the world, but we forget about our neighbor. And that's what I mean that sometimes we miss the trees for the forest. Jonah this morning is going to give us an example of a reluctant prophet. We've never seen anybody like him in the scripture before. You expect from a prophet when the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah that Jonah is going to perform the word of the Lord. But he says to Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and prophesy to them. Jonah gets in a boat and goes to Tarshish. So if you want to know geographically, because this is ancient times, so I'll, I'll give you modern day. Nineveh is modern day Mosul, Iraq. And Tarshish is most likely Spain. And so when Jonah got in the boat to get out of there, he went as far away as he possibly could from the place where God has called him. See, Jonah, we don't know this yet in the narrative, so this is a spoiler alert. Sorry, if you don't know the story of Jonah, I'm going to give you a spoiler we don't know at this point in the story why Jonah's running. The reason Jonah's running is because he's afraid God will keep his word. That's why he's leaving. And so maybe you think, I'm not like Jonah. I don't keep God's word because, or I don't disobey the Lord because I'm afraid he will keep his word. I usually disobey the Lord because I'm afraid he won't keep his word. And that might be true. It might be true. The truth is, sometimes we disobey God because we're afraid he will keep his word. 
Did not Paul say to Timothy that no one who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will escape persecution? He wrote that to Timothy. Jesus said if they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, what will they do for those who follow him? We know down deep, if we keep the word of the Lord, that there will be a price that we must pay. And so when we don't speak to others of the Lord, yes, we might be worried about the reaction they will have, but we are worried about what will happen to us if we speak the word of the Lord. We are more like Jonah than you might first think. Number one, I want you to see here that Jonah was unfaithful because God is faithful. Have you ever thought about the reason that sometimes you're unfaithful is because God is faithful? We have never uh, thought about why maybe we've given much thought to why we disobey. And we like to make ourselves in our own personal narrative as the innocent party or as the weak, faithless person. The reason I didn't witness to my neighbor is because I didn't think God would save them. Is that really why you don't witness to your neighbor? Is this really why you don't witness to your one person I've been encouraging you to think about and to share the gospel with? Are you really not sharing with them because you're afraid that God won't save them? Or are you really not sharing the gospel because of what you believe will happen to you according to the word of the Lord if you obey him? Think about that. Search your heart and see why are you being disobedient so that you might repent properly. Find out what is going on in your own heart. We see here that Jonah was unfaithful because God is faithful. Are you being unfaithful because God is faithful and you don't want to face the consequences of living as a Christian called by the Lord? I want you to see in this narrative, too, that not only is Jonah unfaithful because God is faithful, but number two, we are a danger to others when we are disobedient to God. That's something that Jonah didn't realize, perhaps, or even if he cared. It is absolutely futile to run from the Lord. The Bible says that in verse 3, Jonah got up to flee Tarshish from the Lord's presence. That's bad theology for anybody, especially the Lord's prophet. You cannot run from the presence of the Lord. David said in the Psalms, Lord, even if I made my bed in Sheol, even if I made my bed in hell, behold, you are there. There is nowhere you can go to escape the presence of the Lord. He doesn't just live in a little temple made in Jerusalem. He told the people of Israel that. He chose to show his presence there, but he did not live there. For he says through the prophet Isaiah, What building will you build for me, O son of man, that might contain me? For heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. The universe cannot contain his glory. Where will you go to flee from his presence? And so Jonah is so insulated in his own little selfish, I don't want to do this world, that he does not even care about the fact that he is placing others' lives in jeopardy. The sea is tempestuous, as Lisa so accurately said, at least twice. The sea is tempestuous. And it's being tossed around. These are experienced sailors, and they're afraid for their life for good reason. They think that they're going to be killed, and Jonah is asleep and doesn't care. He goes to sleep while the sea rages, and everyone around him is panicked. Now, if you are running from the Lord, I want to tell you that you have put other place, other people in danger. 
You may not see the tempestuous sea that's surrounding them, but if you are a follower of Christ and a vessel, an ambassador on his behalf, and you are fleeing from the Lord and not doing what he's called you to do, bear witness, live a life of righteousness. If you are not doing these things, you place those around you in danger. How? By your witness. Because we're not only in danger of drowning in the sea, people are in danger of dying and perishing without Christ. And it is our call to rescue them, not to ignore their peril. These men were panicking because they think they're going to die. There are people every day who are dismayed, who are upset, who don't know where to cast their hope. They're like a ship in the sea with no port in sight. And you, friend, you, brother, you, sister, are the ones, you're the lighthouse to call them home, to safe waters. And if you don't do that, you imperil them. You may as well go to sleep in the bottom of the ship while everybody else runs around and panics. And it's not just them. It's not just our witness. Husband, when you cheat on your wife by looking at things you know you ought not be looking at, you imperil your marriage, you imperil your children. We talked about that this morning in our Sunday school class, how the family is supposed to be a place of nurture and love and where somebody has your back and adultery destroys that. Divorce destroys that. It makes people lost in the storm at sea. When you ignore and are disobedient to the Lord, you put other people's lives in danger. There are consequences to our disobedience. Not just to us, oh selfish people that we are, but to others. Same goes for wives. Same goes for children. Every single person in here, there is nowhere you can go to flee the presence of the Lord. Do what you are called to do. Do justice. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. Love the spouse of your youth. Be a peacemaker. Be a peacekeeper. This is what we're called to do, and when we don't do that, we place others in danger. What I want you to notice here also in Jonah is that these pagans, these guys who don't know the Lord of Israel, they are better theologians than the prophet of God. (laughs) They really are. These guys see this storm as a sign of an angry God. They believe that the gods were always present and that perhaps every misfortune or fortune that befell them might be because of the favor or displeasure of a God. They felt they could not escape the presence and influence of their gods. And yet the man of God, the prophet, has booked a ticket to Tarshish because he thinks foolishly he can escape the Lord. These guys know better than he does. And they're running around praying, making sacrifices. I don't know if they've made sacrifices yet, but they're praying and they're panicking and they're calling out and they're like, hey, we have run through the entire list of gods and there's still a bad storm. Go wake that dude up in the hole, have him cry. Maybe he knows a God that'll listen to us. He did. So they go down, they wake him up. They say, hey, we're about to drown here. Cry out to your God. Maybe he'll listen to us and have pity on us. Then they cast lots. Who's the one that the gods are mad at? Falls on Jonah. The Lord superintending all of this in his providence to point out his name. Who are you? Where do you come from? What have you done? What do you do for a living? Jonah, I'm a Hebrew. 
I fear the Lord of Israel. To make this shine like the sea and everything else. And I'm running from his presence. And they say to him, what have we got to do to make this right? And he says, you'll have to toss me overboard. It's the only way. Now, I don't know that it was the only way. Maybe it was. This is pure speculation. Go home and tell everybody how Brad did some speculation. But maybe he could have said, why don't we just turn the ship around and head for Nineveh, and it will be all right, because God is mad at me that I'm not going to Nineveh. I would pick that over getting tossed out of the boat. See if that might work. These guys were willing. But he said, take me, toss me out of the ship. And these guys once again proved themselves to be better than Jonah. And here's how. Jonah has shown no care, no worry about these men who are caught in a storm that was his fault. These men who have every right to be upset with Jonah because he's angered the Lord God of Israel and put them in peril when he says the only way to save me is to toss me overboard and they say no. And they get on the oars and they row desperately to try to save this man. These heathens, these pagans who don't know the Lord have more sense and righteousness in their head than the man of God. That is a sad commentary, is it not? What is wrong in the church and in the world when people who don't even know Jesus have more compassion for the welfare of their fellow man than the church of Jesus Christ? We are broke. Not only can we help them, James says, if a brother or sister comes to you and doesn't have food or clothing, what are we supposed to do? Go and be well fed? Or are we supposed to clothe and feed? That's not social gospel. It's just plain old gospel. We're supposed to help. We're supposed to have compassion on body and soul. If the church doesn't understand this, we're a bunch of Jonas in a tempestuous sea and there's really no help, only a danger obscuring the glory of God. They didn't want to toss Jonah overboard. They didn't want to see harm come to this guy. They didn't even know him. So they rode. And the harder they rode, the worse the sea got because nobody, nobody can fight the Lord. Amen? And so they make a prayer. They pray to the Lord of Israel. They say to him, Lord, have mercy on us. Look at verse 14. Please, Lord, don't let us perish because of this man's life and don't charge us with innocent blood for you, Lord, have done just as you pleased. These guys are great. When they say don't let us perish because of this man's blood, they're worried. They don't want to be charged with murder when they toss this guy overboard. They don't want to kill him. They said, your prophets told us this is the only way and the only reason you're doing it is because you've said so through your prophets. Please pardon us, because Lord, he says here in verse 14, you have done just as you please. These guys who didn't even know God a few hours ago have already figured out that the Lord is sovereign over all things. These guys are great theologians. They're going to be wonderful. I can't wait to meet these guys one day in heaven and talk to them about this experience. They had every right to be angry with Jonah and to put him overboard, and they did not. They chose mercy over expediency, even though their very lives were on the line. 
And that is something that I want to get to here and realize about the book of Jonah. And I want this to be a comfort to you. So I've sort of been a little hard, but now let's be a little more confident. See, this story is not about Jonah. It's about the Lord. And the Lord has a heart for people, for the forest and for the trees. He cares about these guys on this boat. Do you not think in God's overarching sovereignty that even though Jonah booked the ticket to Tarshish, that God knew exactly what ship he was about to get on? And about exactly what was about to take place? I know that he did. Because, and here's what's encouraging. The salvation of the nations and the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, it's God's gospel. And he will glorify his son in every tongue and tribe and nation with our help and without it. He will save people when we are obedient and when we are disobedient. Jonah is not a very great example throughout the entirety of this book. People are getting saved or coming to the knowledge of the Lord despite Jonah's attitude and not because of it. The very first people he runs into are people who he's trying to run away to Tarshish with, and these people wind up being converted not because of Jonah, but despite his efforts. Even though he wished with all of his heart not to bear witness to God's goodness to those who are outside of Israel, to those who are lost, the lost got saved anyway. Because the Lord is good. And he is saving people every day. So I want you to hear from me this morning the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are an ambassador of the Lord, appealing on his behalf for people to be reconciled to God. Because God, listen to me, is not trying to reconcile people. God is reconciling people. And he has invited us to be with him while he does to be his vessels and his mouthpiece, to proclaim that forgiveness is given in his name to every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every people. And he reconciles people through his gospel. God can't try to do anything. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is God Almighty. When he sets his heart to do a thing, who can prevent it? The Lord got glory through Israel when they were booming and doing well. Solomon's glory was so great that the queen of Sheba came to sit in his court to hear his wisdom and took it back home with her again. God glorified himself through Israel. And they walked with the Lord their God and pleased him greatly. And when he brought the Babylonians to smash them, and when he brought the Assyrians to smash them and scattered them throughout all the world, he got glory for himself when he judged his people. So whether in judgment or obedience, God will be glorified. That is good news. This story is not about Jonah, and our story is not about us. It is about our God whom we serve who is good and kind and gracious. 
And we ought to be out there telling how good and kind and gracious he is. And we ought to be living a life that demonstrates his glory and does not seek our own. We are not to be selfish Jonas who flees from the presence of God and sleep while others panic. Our job is to bring healing and peace and comfort and kindness. Like I said, I love these sailors. The Bible says here at the end of this passage that after they tossed him in the sea, look at verse 16. The men were seized by great fear of the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they vowed. This is the first people we see converted to the Lord due to the fear of the Lord in Jonah's book. While Jonah was sinking into the jaws of the fish, these men were praising the Lord God of Israel for the things which they had seen. For the moment that prophet, the disobedient prophet, hit the water, the seas were calmed. And they made vows in his name. Jonah had become an evangelist despite his desire not to be. And you must be an evangelist too, you must. People know they, that you go to church, don't they? Do they know that you go to church? Do people know that you claim as your Savior and as your champion, Jesus of Nazareth, the resurrected one? Do they know that about you? Then they will judge your God through your actions. They will see what God is like by you, whether in judgment or whether in obedience. People know you call upon the name of the Lord and they are watching whether they are believers or unbelievers. And we are to teach them what it means to be a Christian. So please, don't flee from the presence of the Lord. Please don't compromise your integrity. Please don't be so worried about me and mine that you forget about theirs and theirs. There is not a thing that you have You cannot keep your treasures, you cannot keep your home, you cannot even keep your life safe. Every single thing that we have in this world will turn to dust anyway. Everything. In fact, most of us, I hate this glacier, but most of us will be, if the Lord tarries, completely forgotten within a hundred years. Nobody will know who we are. What are you trying to keep? What are you trying to preserve? We have one life to give to the Lord. There are people all around us every single day who have no idea what's going to happen to them when they die, whom the Lord in his sovereign providence has brought from every place in the world to our back door. What are you going to do? Are you worried about what you're going to lose? Are you excited about what they might gain? Oh, Christian. Be like Jesus. Tell people about his goodness and greatness in the kingdom to come. About forgiveness offered in his name. That if God so loved the world that he gave his only son, the world, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have eternal life. God sent Jonah to Nineveh with a warning. God sends us to the world with a gospel and a warning warning for us intervene 
It's easy to be judgmental of Jonah, but we are truly no better. We ignore the perils of souls all day around us by our actions when we run from the presence of the Lord and we don't obey Him. And even though the Lord commands us to shout the good news from the rooftops, we barely make a peep. Do you have someone in your family? Do you have someone who is a friend who does not know Jesus? I want you for a moment to... Let's put our guilt aside. We've all failed. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. This is why we need Jesus. But I want you to think a moment about the Lord. Think about His kindness and goodness and graciousness. And what He's done for you. And the difference He's made and is making in your life today. When your Lord says to you, His heart is for your neighbor. Heart is for the world. Tell them about all I have done for you. Will you be obedient to the call of the Lord? You're not responsible for what they do. The Holy Spirit of the Lord does as He wills. He's like the wind. We don't know where He comes from, where He goes. He does as He pleases. But Jesus is calling us to speak the truth to the nations. Don't run from Where will you go? Where will you go? Christ will haunt you wherever you find yourself. Even if you made your bed in hell, Jesus will be there calling you. It's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be a Christian. We have opportunities that our ancestors could not come around of to glorify the Lord. You can drive your car further than most people ever went in their life in a single day. Let's be different than Jonah. And let's tell people about the Lord. And as I've been saying, I don't think you're going to win all of Albert Wills to Jesus. That would be great if you can do it. Then praise God. But pick somebody one person, one person you know is lost, pray for their salvation, pray that they will come to Jesus, invite them to church, plead for their soul, like they did on baptism. See what the Lord will do. He is good. And the Holy Spirit is more on board with glorifying Jesus and is more zealous for the glory of Christ than we will ever be. We will speak the truth. His love will flow through us. His conviction will flow through our words in ways that we can't imagine. Be obedient to the Lord and not be reluctant prophets like Jonah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that we will be a people 